Welcome to the Jeff Caven Show, where we talk about the Bible, discipleship, and evangelization, putting it all together and living as activated disciples. This is episode 266, the Activated Disciple Retreat, covered in the dust of my rabbi. And here we are, Easter, the resurrection. This is the weekend, and if you're listening to this out of time, well, we are getting ready for the resurrection of Jesus 2022. We're in the middle of our Activated Disciple Retreat and I'm so glad that you have taken the time to join me in this. You know, the the more I travel the country, which I just got back from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, the more I I understand the hunger and the, the thirst for Jesus and the desire to really make your life count. And that's what this is about. This is about really designing a life, not by ourselves, but according to the instructions of Jesus. He has a life for you. He has a future for you, and it's good, and you can trust him. And when we become disciples, or what I like to call activated disciples, wow, you go on the greatest journey ever. You know, for years when I developed the Great Adventure Bible Study years ago, uh, I was just immersed in that in that study and really realized that this is the Great Adventure. But when you combine the great adventure study with the idea of being a disciple of Jesus, you are really equipped for uh, beginning this journey and watching as the Lord changes your life and how he uses you and, and how you begin to talk to people that you never would have talked to before. And you say things that you never thought you would say before. And that's what the Lord does with our lives as we become more like him. By the way, if you want the show notes for any of the shows and shows going forward, all you have to do is text my name, one word, Jeff Cavins, and you can uh, text it to the number 33777. And I give you all the scriptures and many of the quotes that I use. Uh, we'll be sending those your way. Okay, so let's begin and uh, and talk about being covered in the dust of my rabbi, Jesus. We'll get into that in just a moment. In 1988, the world was introduced to an extraordinary man. His name, Kim Peek. Now, you might not know that name, Kim Peek, but Kim was portrayed by Dustin Hoffman's character, Raymond, in the blockbuster hit, Rain Man. Peek was a mega savant who possessed almost superhuman abilities when it came to remembering everything. I mean, everything he read. Yeah, I think a lot of people would say, well, I'd like to have that kind of memory. Well, what kind of memory did Kim Peek have? Rain Man? Kim was able to, get this, to read two open pages of a book at the same time with nearly perfect retention of content, and he could give instant driving directions between, get this, any two cities in the United States and recite any Shakespeare's play verbatim. Pretty amazing, isn't it? I know that uh, back in school I could have used that, and I, I have a feeling I would have aced every single test, but I had to read one page at a time, most likely like you. While Kim possessed genius talent, 
and one of the great brains in world history, he could not take care of himself in terms of navigating everyday life. He was completely, 100% dependent upon his father, Fran, for nearly everything in his life, from putting on his socks and shoes to brushing his teeth and combing his hair and preparing his meals and anything that involves social interaction. Kim was often quoted as saying, and I love this, this is, this is so beautiful, and uh, this really relates to our relationship with the Lord. Kim was often quoted as saying that he loved his father and that he and his father shared the same shadow. What a beautiful thought that two people would live such a close life with one another that they are described as sharing the same shadow. Isn't that something? Well, my friend, you, like Kim Peek, are amazing. You really are. Your brain is incredible. It's more powerful in, in so many ways than, than a supercomputer. And we, are, we have the ability and we have the, the potential of creating things that are even beyond our imagination at this point in our life. But at the same time, you are pathetically in need of help. What do I mean by that? Well, as great as you are and you're created in the image and likeness of God, you are in tremendous need of help. And that help is, how do we live? How do I navigate life? How do I get to heaven to live with God forever and ever and ever? So we are amazing, but yet we cannot do some of the basic things in our life, in terms of our emotions, in terms of our goal in life, to be with the Lord in heaven. And so we're like Kim in, in many ways. Now, in the first century... There was a document called Pirkei Avot, the sayings of the fathers. I'll put that in the show notes for you, Pirkei Avot. And in that document, it talks about the dust of my rabbi, and it says this, May your house be a meeting house for sages. Become dirty in the dust of their feet and drink their words thirstily. So this saying became very famous early on, and uh, the saying really kind of morphed into this saying, which is, be covered in the dust of your rabbi. And the idea there is that if you are going to uh, be covered in the dust of your rabbi, it means that you're following your rabbi all day long. Again, Jesus is the great rabbi, but he's so much more than a rabbi. He is the second person of the Trinity. He is the author of life, and he created us and the world, and it's, it's just uh, absolutely amazing to think that we can follow this sage, we can follow this Messiah, we can follow the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But in order to be covered in the dust of our rabbi, the Lord Jesus Christ, we must get a life. How many times have you heard that before? Oh, get a life, right? Usually we say that to people who don't have a clue and they don't seem to be going anywhere, and uh, they don't have any north on their compass. Get a life. We must begin a rhythm in our daily life that ensures that we, that we encounter him often, and we share this good news with those that he puts in our path. The kerygma, what we talked about last week. Remember that? About brewing up a cup of good news for our friends and those that we encounter 
And we have been speaking throughout the last number of weeks together about the shape of your day and how the shape of your day should reflect the love of your life. Have you thought about that since I covered that? Have you, have you gone deeper into that and really looked at the shape of your day and how you, the shape of your day is reflecting the love of your life? Here's what I fear so, so often, you know, in teaching and, uh, you know, speaking and educating, whether it be at the seminary or on the road or, or here spending time with you is that sometimes we hear truths that give us that aha moment, you know, like, the shape of your day reflects the love of your life. And we start to think about it. But then two or three weeks later, we're not thinking about it at all anymore. And this is one of the reasons that I have really encouraged people to get a journal. Uh, Father Mike Schmitz and I developed the Insight Journal from Ascension as a, as a place where you can write these things down and then go back in prayer and review them so that you don't, you don't forget them. You know, it's like the the sower, the parable of the sower. They receive the word, but for a number of reasons, they end up giving up that revelation or giving up that that word. It could be the the, the desire for riches or the concerns of life, or or they don't understand it and they don't take the time to understand it. You know, that's an important one. The shape of your day reflects the love of your life. We also t- took a look at uh, lexio divina each morning in the examine prayer every night. And relying on your posse, the saints that you're going to walk with, getting to know them and calling on them to pray for you, and being situationally aware of opportunities to share Christ. I recall that uh, when you go to the mall and you go by that perfume counter, what do they do? If They try to get you to take a, a receive a, a free sample. Because the idea is that every brand of perfume and every, every line in that brand has a unique odor, smell. I guess odor is not the good word for it, a <laughs> good scent, you know. But what I have learned is that that particular cologne or perfume smells different on everybody. And so you can't just smell out of the bottle. They want you to experience it. So they give you that little paper swab or put it on your wrist. And, and then about 20 minutes later, as you're in the mall, you go back and you buy it because you like it. You got a free sample. We got to give free samples of Jesus to people throughout the day. And, uh, and I think that that is one way where people can remember what we shared with them, that word of life. So moving on today, a few more things that I'd like to cover with you as we build this life covered in the dust of the rabbi. We've talked about sacred scripture. We have talked about prayer. We have talked about about the kerygma. But we also have to consider living a sacramental life. What does the word sacrament mean? Well, the word sacrament comes from the Latin word sacramentum, which is the translation of the Greek word mysterion. A mystery is something that is known or seen or revealed, but which in some cases conceals something else. In the case of the sacraments, the mystery is the life of the Trinity. Sacramentum is the Latin term used in antiquity to designate, get this, an oath. An oath. An oath was sworn in making a covenant, resulting in a family bond between two 
parties. And so every time we, we participate in the sacraments, whether it's marriage or confession or the Eucharist or the, the prayer for the sick, we are participating in the life of Christ and we are encountering the Lord in a very, very intimate way. And so the disciple who is trying to become like Jesus and follows Jesus and walks with Jesus must live a sacramental life because, for example, the Eucharist is the greatest source of grace, and grace is the life of the Trinity. And so it it goes without saying, we need to live in the heart of the church as disciples and live a sacramental life. And every time you say amen, When you receive the Eucharist, you are re-upping, you are renewing the covenant that you have with Jesus. And, And you're saying, Lord, I will uphold my end of this covenant. I will be faithful. I'll respond to your revelation with faithfulness. One more thing here, well, there's more, but another thing I should say here is that if we're going to live a a life of a disciple. Not only should we live a, a sacramental life, but we must also remember that God has a calendar. It's the liturgical year. You know, when I was growing up, I was not aware at all of the the rhythm of the yearly calendar in the church. Were you? Did you did you take notice of that? I didn't. And so when I was growing up, I would just go to church and priest is wearing green and the altar has green or sometimes red or purple. And to be honest with you, and I know it sounds kind of dumb, but I just thought that every once in a while the priest liked a new color. I'm I'm being honest there. I'm, you know, junior high. I didn't know. You're not paying attention at that point. But as disciples, life in Christ is not just a singular relationship with him. It's important to have that personal relationship with the Lord, but it's important to remember that we have a community experience where we are immersed in a way of life, and the church provides us with a way of life to live both communally and personally with the Lord. I like what Hebrews says. I'll put it in the show notes for you. Hebrews 10, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And so with the liturgical year, this this is one of those things that since I came back to the Catholic Church in the 90s, uh, the liturgical year has come alive to me and has actually become a very valuable tool to keep me on track. And when you look at the liturgical year, when you look at it closely, what you will see is you will see the life of our Lord laid out on the calendar. So the liturgical year conforms your life to Christ if you follow it, if you are are aware of it. If you pay attention, then you're going to have the opportunity to conform your life to Christ. And as I said, growing up, I, I was colorblind when it came to the liturgical year, but I'm not colorblind anymore. And so the liturgical year starts in Advent. 
And uh, in Advent, we have the beginning here where we are looking forward to the King. We're looking forward to the King and in the birth of the King. And then we, we come into Christmas. And then after Christmas, we have ordinary time. Now, ordinary time isn't ordinary time. <laughs> I used to think it was an ordinary time. is just, okay, hum-ho, ordinary time. It's not. It really comes from the idea of ordered time, uh, that there is a purpose for every single day, and we listen to the teachings of Jesus. And so ordinary time is anything but ordinary time. It is extraordinary time, actually. And so that leads us to Lent. And Lent, where we're at now, is this preparation of our hearts for 40 days, and it's the preparation for the greatest thing ever to happen, which is the death, burial, and resurrection of this rabbi, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Messiah, Jesus, our Savior. And then after Easter, we go back into ordinary time, and the year culminates in the feast of Christ the King. Christ the King. And, uh, you know, I, I used to be a Protestant pastor, and I can tell you, my, my dear friend, that, that uh, we did not have what I would call a balanced diet throughout the year. People got what I was interested in, you know. But if I had followed the liturgical year of the Catholic Church, people would have received a much more balanced diet. Uh, they got what I wanted, but, but what they needed was the diet of the Lord, to go through Scripture. Every three years we go on Sunday through all of the major stories in the Bible, and, and that gives you a fuller glimpse of salvation history, rather than just something that I might be interested in at the moment or whatever comes easy for me. So an activated disciple conforms his or her life to the life of Christ. Okay, when I come back, I want to talk a little bit more about some hints for prayer, some tips for prayer to live as an activated disciple covered in the dust of our rabbi. You're listening to The Jeff Caven Show. Am I saved? How do I develop a better prayer life? How do I trust in God? The Curious Catholic is a new series of bite-sized books from Ascension that answer these questions and more. The Curious Catholic features small books from various authors that provide busy Catholics ways to go deeper into spiritual questions. The first three titles in the series are from Father Mike Schmitz, host of the Bible in a Year podcast. Father Mike's books explore the topics of salvation, prayer, and trusting in God. To learn more about the Curious Catholic series, go to ascensionpress.com slash curiouscatholic. That's ascensionpress.com slash curiouscatholic. Welcome back. All right, so this is the Covered in the Dust of My Rabbi episode where we are trying to think of ways where at the end of the day, if we look at our shoes, we certainly will be covered by the dust of our rabbi, Jesus Christ. And in order to realize that dust, you have to be very focused about how you live your life. From the moment you get up to the moment you go to bed, your life is about Jesus and following him and thinking like him and acting like him. Now, prayer, as we covered earlier, is incredibly 
important. It's very, very important. One of the prayers that I would like to encourage you to learn more about and participate more frequently is the rosary. It was uh, John Paul II, the great, the saint, he said that the rosary was his favorite prayer outside of Mass. And he talks about how in the rosary, we, we visit all, the whole spectrum of human life from the, the, uh, the birth and the joyful, you know, joyful all the way to the sorrowful and the glorious and, and then the, the, the ministry of Jesus and the Lord's Supper. It's, it's just everything is in there in the rosary. And this gives us the opportunity to be led by the Blessed Virgin Mary in prayer, to be led through the life of Christ. Now, as the liturgical year gives you the opportunity to conform your life to the life of Jesus, I would suggest that the rosary also does this. And it gives you the opportunity to visit every aspect of his life every day. And most of the time, you know, you can locate someone's life today in the rosary. Might be joyful. Might be sorrowful. Maybe it's glorious. But I can, I can pretty much, you know, sit down and talk to you and identify your, your life just after a five, ten minute conversation. And so the rosary becomes very, very important. And think about it for a moment. Anywhere you go, whether it's the doctor's office or your, your I remember one time I was waiting in the, uh, the Department of Vehicle Registration in the line for my daughter to get her license. We had a little bit of time and, and we had to wait, I think it was like an hour or something like that. And I was able to pray the rosary. But you can do it anywhere, anytime. That's the beautiful thing. Okay, so a little bit about practicing his presence. Uh, the rabbis in Jesus' day would practice a discipline of living, and there was a word that they used that we can adopt in our life as modern-day Christians, and that word was kavanah, K-A-V-A-N-A-H, kavanah. And it really speaks of intention or sincere feeling or direction of heart. This idea of kavanah is what I call being an activated disciple. Kavanah, intention, focus. And that is something that we, we really need to pray for and ask the Lord, help, help me, Lord, never to lose sight of my relationship with you. Help me, Lord, to not just depart, you know, to depart from my awareness of you and to go into just my own life and, and do what I want to do separate from you. Now, I know that's a, that's a big prayer to, to pray. I've prayed that. I have prayed that for over a decade now. Lord, I, I, I want to be aware of you, Kavanaugh. I want to be aware of you all throughout the day, if that is possible. And I'm finding that the older that I get and the more I do this, the less likely it is that I just wander off into my own will, you know, and my own plans, but I can stay as an activated disciple. I do hope that, you know, after all these weeks together, that you can see that there's a difference between calling ourselves Catholic 
and calling ourselves an activated disciple who's Catholic. Now, to be Catholic is a beautiful thing. And when you put the faith into practice, particularly in prayer, as we're talking about now, and practicing his presence, it will change your life in a, in a spectacular way. One of the things that I tell my students is that when you pray, specifically in the car, or you're taking a walk around a lake or whatever it might be, try this, talk out loud. When you talk out loud, there, there's something that, that just registers in your heart that this is real, you know? Uh, when we just talk in our thoughts to the Lord, can he hear us? Absolutely. But there's something that happens in us when we start to talk out loud to the Lord. We sanctify our day. We design our day with Jesus by talking at the beginning of the day. We pray. And if you have needs in your life, like your children or something at, uh, you know, at work or your, your spouse or college, and you sit and you talk to the Lord about it, Lord, I lift up my daughter to you, and I ask you, Lord, to protect her today and lead her and guide her. May Lord, give her some, some friends who, who love you and will help her to be strong in you. We can talk about things like this, family members, but we can also talk about, about hope or joy or God's mercy. We can praise God by lifting up our hands and opening our mouth and, and just praising him out loud. It used to be years ago that if I talked to the Lord out loud in my car, people going by would think, mm, maybe there's something wrong with the guy, you know? But today with, with smartphones hooked up to the car itself, it's not unusual at all to see people talking all alone in their car. We assume that they're talking to their boss or a family member or the, the appointment they're going to. But we can talk to the Lord out loud. Just try it. Just try it for a few days. And when you start to pray silently, which is good, just take some time and talk to the Lord out loud. John chapter 12 in verse 26 says, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there shall my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the father will honor him. So if I love that. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And, and where I am, there shall my servant be also. And so this idea of, of, of being with Jesus throughout the day and cognizant of his presence and the relationship and the intimacy with the Lord, this is something I don't ever want to lose. This is something I want to deepen every day of my life. And I, and I hope you do too. So continue to walk faithfully as a, as a disciple of the Lord. Grow, isolate various disciplines and perfect them in your life. Don't go after the whole bundle at once, but little things at a time. Take a few days to focus on, for example, I think I mentioned to you, when you come home from work and you're usually crabby, focus on coming home with a new attitude the disciple's attitude, and the, the attitude that, that reflects the love of God and the mercy and the joy of the Holy Spirit. And so that's something that, that you can do in all kinds of areas of your 
life. All right, my friend, I'm going to be back next week, and I'm going to give some closing thoughts next week and talk a little bit about where we go from here. Again, I want to remind you, and I'll put it in the show notes, there is still room in June to go to the Holy Land with us, and in October, we'll go on the footsteps, in the footsteps of St. Paul and Greece and Turkey on a cruise. Going to look forward to that. And then also in January, coming up, 2023, big trip to Israel. That'll be in the show notes and on my uh, my website, jeffcavens.com. All right, my friend, let me pray for you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, I lift up my friend to you. And Jesus, I ask you, Lord, to start a fire in their heart and draw them to yourself. You draw them to your, your life and your mercy and your, your passion, your will. I pray, Lord, that, that something will happen in their lives that will bring them to a new level of living with you. They would experience the dynamism of a relationship with you and experience hearing your voice and experience saying things and doing things that they never thought that they would because now they're called to a new way of living. I thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you for what you're doing in our hearts. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I love you, my friend. I love you. And I look forward to talking to you next week. 